Good morning, everyone. Such a joy to gather together in the house of the Lord on this day. I ask that you would uh, take the insert of your bulletin that has uh, our psalm reading for this morning, Psalm 23, or if you brought your own Bible, turn in your own Bible to Psalm 23. Now, our psalm for this morning begins with one of the most recognizable phrases in all of God's word. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. This opening line controls the rest of the psalm. It sets for us the main idea of the psalm, which is God's people need not fear want. And it signals to us the overarching metaphor that explains the manner in which God cares for his people. That is, as a good and righteous shepherd who guards them from want. The dangers we face in this world can leave us fearful and discouraged. There is no doubt that fears about disease have gripped not only our nation, but our world over the last several months. Now, some people are worried that they may contract the coronavirus. Yes. But I think that many of us are much more fearful at this time of the secondary effects of the disease. We don't want to be the link in the chain that spreads the disease. We are fearful of quarantine and what it will mean for work, for school, for business, for services. We're worried that the shelves might get emptied of needed basics. We're fearful that the stock market may not be able to sustain continued downward pressure. And we are uncertain as what to do and who we might follow in this time of uncertainty. It's providential, I believe, that in this very unfamiliar time, we come to the most and one of the most familiar and comforting of all the Psalms, a psalm that gives us great assurance and support in times of turbulence. For at the very heart of Psalm 23 is the promise that despite the dangers we encounter in this world, we can have peace because the Lord is our shepherd. So hear now the word of the Lord, Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for His namesake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of the Lord remains forever. Let us pray. Guide us, we pray, O God, by Your Word and Spirit, that in Your light we may see light, in Your truth we might find freedom, and in Your will discover Your peace through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. It is the why that inspires us to follow a vision, a plan, or a leader. 
You can tell somebody what you're going to do or how you're going to do it. Nevertheless, until people understand why it is that you are doing what you are doing, they will never follow you. What Psalm 23 is telling you is that the Lord will care for you as a shepherd if you follow him. But why does he do this? What is the purpose of the Lord's shepherding his people? We see in verses 2 through 3 of our text this why question answered. Look at what it says. It says, He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for His name's sake. As a shepherd, the Lord will bring you to places of peace and refreshing and restoration. As you can imagine, finding green pastures was not an easy task in the arid climate of Israel. To find water that was safe for a flock of lambs to drink was essential. To lead the sheep down the right path was the everyday duty of a shepherd. And yet we see that Psalm 23 is not intended merely to teach us about the mundane tasks of a shepherd in Israel. It is to teach us of the extraordinary work of the Lord. For the text says He restores my soul. The Lord's work as a shepherd is soul work. The green pastures and still waters are spiritual food and drink that our souls need in times of fear. The path of righteousness is the manner of life that we live, which is guided by God's word so that we will be blessed. What does the Lord do? Well, he provides the spiritual food and direction we need in life. That is, in a world that is filled with hardship and fears, the Lord feeds and leads His people rightly. But why? Why does the Lord lead His people? As the text says, for His namesake. You could imagine that the reputation of a shepherd would be ruined if his sheep were continually underfed, dehydrated, getting lost in mountain passes. And the Lord, as the shepherd of His people, has a vested interest in caring for and having His people flourish. You see, this is the why. This is the reason. This is the purpose of the Lord shepherding His people for the sake and the glory of His name. We have been taught rightly that the chief end of man, the why of our existence, is the glory of God. But we miss the immensity and the centrality of the task of glorifying God with our praises if we fail to see that our chief purpose is to glorify God because God's chief purpose is to glorify God. All of His actions are aimed at this one end, the glory of His own name. The Word of God tells us that the reason that God created the world is for the glory of His name. The reason He created humanity in particular was to spread His renown across His creation. The reason that He has chosen to save a people from their sin through Jesus Christ is for the renown and glory of the name of Jesus Christ. Isaiah 63 speaks of the Lord leading His people of Israel through the desert. And he writes, Like livestock that go down into the valley, the Spirit of the Lord gave them rest. So you lead your people to make yourself a glorious name. You see, the desire 
This desire, the glory of God's name, is the driving force behind the Lord shepherding His people of Him leading and providing for them in times of need. It is His aim and His goal to display to all that He is worthy of our trust, that He is strong to save, that He will keep His promises, so that at the end of days every knee will bow to King Jesus and declare the praise of God the Father. What is the assurance that you have that the Lord will lead you in the right path? that He will lead you to green pastures and still waters. It is the glory of His name. Now throughout the world, and even in our own country and in our own state, many have been called into quarantine. And it could be a fearful thing to find yourself in such a situation in which you are alone and isolated. The prospect of lockdown is a looming possibility across our country. And whether we experience such conditions here in Lynchburg or not, if we would follow our shepherd in this world filled with dangers, we must trust the shepherd's presence with his people. Look at verse 4. There we read of the shepherd's care for his people. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. When we come to phases of our lives that are difficult or fearful, we can begin to question the intention of our good shepherd. And yet it is important for us to see that sometimes the valley of the shadow of death is the right path. We would not have chosen this path. We would not have followed such a fearful way for ourselves. But that is why we have a shepherd. Because he must take us to places where we are too fearful or too ignorant to go on our own so that we can get to the place that we need to go. But the promise is that though the Lord will lead us through times of difficulty, nevertheless, he will not leave us in times of difficulty. For even in the midst of evil, we need not fear for the Lord's hand of power is present to care for us and protect us. I think that we might have the wrong idea about the general demeanor of a shepherd. Maybe it's because of the way that shepherds are depicted in artwork. We might have this idea of a gentle or weak individual who just enjoys taking a walk with his pet sheep. But a shepherd had to be tough. A shepherd had to carry weapons. He was more like a soldier. David, who was a shepherd, explains what happens when a threat would come to his flock. David says, Your servant used to keep sheep for his father. And when there came a lion or a bear and took a lamb from the flock, I went after him and struck him and delivered it out of his mouth. And if he arose against me, I caught him by his beard and struck him and killed him. The shepherd is not weak. The shepherd is strong. And how much greater is the saving and protecting presence of our shepherd, our Lord. There is nothing that can come against Him. And He is determined that nothing will snatch us out of His hand. Whatever the future brings, we have great confidence that the Lord is present 
to save His people. We can take great comfort even in the face of great uncertainty because God is present with us even when we feel alone. Now, it didn't matter how credible the prediction. Whenever snow was forecast in South Carolina, our local food lion would run out of bread and milk. There was one gentleman in our church who by instinct would always buy these two products. As it would happen one week, the weather service couldn't decide when it would or if it would snow. And so on Monday, they predicted snow. And so he went and bought bread and milk. But no snow. Then on Tuesday, again, they said, there's going to be snow. And again, he went to the store and bought bread and milk. And again, no snow. On Wednesday, again, they predicted snow. And so he went to the store and bought bread and milk and no snow. Wednesday afternoon, this gentleman's wife came home from work and found that they had a fridge full of six gallons of milk and a pantry full of bread. And it was just the two of them. They had to eat French toast for about two weeks to get rid of it all. But when things become uncertain, we begin to act in irrational and fearful ways. What if everyone makes a run on the grocery stores? What if there will be no bread or milk for me or for my family? What if the stock market doesn't come under control? What if our hospital system can't care for all the people that are sick? But our psalm is telling us that we need not fear, for the Lord will provide for His sheep even in the midst of our greatest fears and enemies. Look at verse 5. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. The presence of the shepherd means that his sheep may, without fear, enjoy the abundance of his provision. Now, a table would have been a banqueting table filled with all the most delicious foods. And even in times of trouble and doubt, the Lord provides spiritual nourishment that we truly need. This verse explains that He anoints the head of His people with oil. Now, this phrase has been understood from different perspectives. From the perspective of a house guest, to be anointed with oil would mean that you are given honor and respect. It would provide refreshment and cleansing from your day. On the other hand, the anointing may be seen from the perspective of the sheep, whom the shepherd would cover with oil around his face to keep the flies and insects away from the faces of the sheep as they ate. Either way, the message is clear. In the midst of an enemy's attempt to disrupt one's basic needs, the Lord as shepherd will ensure that you are provided for. And not merely provided for, but provided for with abundance. For the text says, my cup overflows. As the Lord teaches us in the Sermon on the Mount, therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? 
Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? Again, we are reminded that the metaphor that addresses physical needs, such as food and protection, is addressing more than physical needs. For our lives are more than food and clothing. It is more than the body that needs protection and to be cared for and to be nourished. It is our souls in times of need and fear that needs to be nourished. And anxiety in times of difficulty will do nothing but starve and rot out your soul. There is, uh, there is no adding a single hour to our lives. And so in times of great difficulty and hardship, in times of uncertainty and fear, we must not give in to anxiety, believing that if we pile up goods for ourselves, that we will have life. Rather, we must look to the Lord Jesus Christ, our good shepherd, who cares for his sheep, who feeds us with the spiritual bread of his body and who covers us with the blood of his cross. Of course, we need to have food and clothing. But your shepherd knows that. So trust him in this time of fear. For you are of such greater value to him than you will ever know. For even as Paul says in Romans 8, He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? To follow the shepherd We must be willing to trust His purpose. We must be willing to trust His presence. We must be willing to trust His provision. And finally, we see in our text that to follow the shepherd, we must be willing to trust His promise. Look at verse 6 of our text. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. In verse 6, you see these two terms, goodness and mercy. And they are personified, right? They're, They're spoken of as though they were a person that is following after. Now, both of these words describe the loving kindness of the Lord. And together they point to the support and kindness that one finds within a family structure. There is a relational tie that binds the Lord to His people. For He has promised to be our God and that we would be His people. He has promised to care and to protect His sheep. If you can imagine, the shepherd is going in front of the flock, leading the flock in the proper and right path, yet following the flock is goodness and mercy coming up behind. Derek Kinder has noticed, or has noticed, noted rather, that to follow doesn't merely mean to bring up the rear. It actually means to pursue. That is, it means that goodness and mercy are seeking you out. It's coming towards you. The Lord is leading us on the right path, but His covenant goodness is pursuing and ensuring that we are not veering off, that we are not getting lost, but in this world of uncertainty, that we will continue to follow the Good Shepherd in the right way. 
The greatest fulfillment of this promise is in the person and work of Jesus Christ. For when He came, He spoke of Himself as the Good Shepherd, the one who would unrelentingly pursue His sheep so that they would receive His goodness and mercy, even leaving the ninety-nine to find the one. In John chapter 10, we read, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I come that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. There are dangers in this world, yes. There are fearful times. And for many of us, the weeks ahead will be a time that is unprecedented. There is a thief who comes to steal and kill and destroy. Nevertheless, the Good Shepherd is pursuing His sheep in this time. He has them surrounded with His love and His kindness. He comes to give them cup-overflowing, abundant life. And He does this by laying down His life for His sheep. The metaphor of the shepherd is speaking of physical life, but more than that is speaking of spiritual life. For we will know the life-giving presence of the Lord all the days of our lives. And when life has ended, those who trust in the shepherd will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This is the promise of the shepherd that we must trust. The path that He is leading us on in this life is the right path because it is the path that leads us to our eternal home. Again, verse 3 says, He leads me in paths of righteousness. Other translations say, He guides me along the right paths. Both of these translations are aiming at the same truth. The path that our shepherd takes us down is the right path for us to walk because it is the path of righteousness. It is the path of holiness. So what will our response be? Will we fear the evil that lies along the path? Will we give in to anxiety and panic? Will we brush off the realities of the situation and bury our head in the sand hoping that it will all just go away? Or will you look to your shepherd who is leading you down the proper path in this time? For we know where the shepherd is taking us. He is taking us through the valley of the shadow of death to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So follow our Savior in this time. Find opportunities to lay down your life for others, even as He has. Now what does this mean? Well, it means looking not only to your own needs in this time, but the needs of others. It means finding ways in the midst of this fear to spread hope, to call your family and friends and give them a word of hope from Psalm 23. It means being the one who does not give in to fear, but does what is most helpful and loving and kind to others. It may sound mundane, but the best way that you might love others in this time over the next several weeks is to wash your hands well. It is to stay home if you're not feeling well. It is to check in on your elderly neighbors to ensure that they are cared for. And it may mean that for the good of our community, we will have to cancel our worship services, not out of fear, but out of love. So now let us look to our Good Shepherd, trusting Him in this time, trusting His purposes, 
Trusting His presence. Trusting His provision. Trusting His promise. That though we pass through times of fear, He will bring us safely along the right path home. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Father, we come to You now in this time, and we pray that You would lead us and guide us in the proper paths. May we see that Your purposes is the glory of Your name. And so may we seek to glorify Your name in this time through trusting You. May we all be a light and a witness to this community in the ways that we love one another well. Lord Jesus, we pray that You would use the times that we are in to spread the glory of Your name and that Your church would sound forth the good news of the Gospel. We pray it in Christ's holy name. Amen. If you would at this time stand as we come to affirm our faith together. We see this in the Apostles' Creed, which we will say in unison. So I ask you now, Christian, what is it that you believe? I believe in God the Father Almighty, Maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day He rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence He shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen.